Okay, so, so let's stop. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Parenting Unknown Podcast. My name is Matt. Thanks again for listening for another week. Hopefully, everything is going well with everyone. All we can do is hope in these times because, well, we don't know what's going to come. But I'm recording this on August 31st, and tomorrow's September. And no, it's not an intro for a Green Day song. It's a very busy, important month for us. Well, I'll start off, this is our anniversary month and the same day as our anniversary is our boy's birthday and this year he turns five years old so we're going to disneyland <laughs> i mean he wants to go to disney knott's Berry farm uh so as my wife puts it it's five days of celebration which okay <laughs> as long as the kid has fun right uh usually we do like little small birthday parties these past four years but just because like getting space, having it in our in-laws or going to a park, it's just a little iffy right now. And to be honest, I, I personally don't like having birthday parties. I don't like the setup and everything that comes with it. But obviously, it's not for me. So the past four years, we've been doing it for the boy and, and girl too. So I mean, I mean, this year, we're going to do something different and just be out. I mean, we're out all the time, but still, it's a reason to celebrate. Uh, our boy turns five. We turn six years being married, which nobody cares because as soon as you have a kid, all eyes are on them. <laughs> but no, it's funny that um, about six years ago, me and my wife were laying in bed. And that's not going to a, a nasty story or anything like that. We're laying in bed and we woke up and I looked at my wife and said, why don't we just get married? So that weekend, we went with a couple of friends to Vegas and we got married. It's easy as that. I know there's a lot of people that when they get married, they got to have the whole wedding fiasco. And it was just, just didn't feel like us. And me personally, I'm not going to pay money for people who, I guess some of them I like, right? <laughs> I'm not going to pay money for a big old thing and to be paraded like some, I don't know how to put it actually. I just don't like to be the center of anything, which is funny because doing this podcast, it's all about me talking and putting out certain kind of content so go figure right but still i like talking to people just like on a one-on-one basis groups of like two three four i don't know i'm weird it just didn't feel like us so we went got eloped and right before we did we weren't going to tell nobody we were just going to come up and say you know guess what we're married but as soon as my wife told her mom they got butthurt and they invited themselves to go <laughs> we're like if you have a space to go and you have a way to get there go for it thinking you know they weren't and to our surprise there they were so i mean they were there for the ceremony we had dinner with them and then we kind of split ways because i'm gonna be honest if i'm getting married and i want to spend my new time as a newlywed with my in-laws so i mean that got cut out it sounds like it'd be kind of dickish but i'm there with my wife with our friends that's all i really want to spend time with so i don't worry i still get shit from my aunt because we didn't invite her and my other cousins to our quote-unquote wedding, but the kid. <laughs> so we got married, and maybe about a couple of months after, we tried for a baby. 
got pregnant. And a year later to the date, on our anniversary, we had our boy Max. So we were going to go out for the weekend because obviously, special day, couldn't do that. My wife was real swollen. She was having certain uh, pregnancy complications and we, you know, we couldn't go nowhere. So thankfully, I think that was a sign from God or something. And our boy came out. And yes, everyone's first kid is special in their kind of own way. Our son is a little extra special because there was a point in time where him or my wife were not going to make it. And yeah, that's scary because when you as a husband, as a soon-to-be new father, you're supposed to be there for your wife, you know, in sickness and health. You're supposed to be the protector of your kids, you know, whatever they can. Even if they're not born yet, you're still still present. You're still there. And when what happened to my wife, her she had preeclampsia. And apparently, nobody told me this, or you never hear this from anywhere. When a woman gets pregnant, they could have so many complications. They could even get a temporary cancer, which when a doctor told us, I kind of got my mind blown. And it's weird. I haven't gone through the exact research of it, but apparently you get temporary cancer. You get temporary diabetes. Um, wife got preeclampsia. So it's like her high, she had really high blood pressure. And then for our second kid, she was getting some kind of bone deficiency thing where her bones were just getting weak and weak to the point where her hip, her hip bone was starting to pop out of its socket. So yeah, my wife being pregnant scares the hell out of me now. (laughs) I mean, we're going to, try maybe next year for a third one but anyways when you're there in a hospital room and things are going wrong you can't do nothing other than just stand there and leave everything to the doctors it's scary because you're supposed to be there wanting to help pitch in you know you guys need a hand or something like that but you get so numb to the fact you just can't help to look on and at that moment it just feels like you're not there it feels like you're watching a movie it feels like it you're part of a dream. It feels like it's not reality. And it was scary. Thinking my wife, the epidural, and between the epidural and my wife's, you know, preeclampsia, it wasn't a good mix. And maybe within a good hour or two, right before it was time to, I guess, push. I'm not really too sure. We're going to have to double check on my wife. She started getting weak. Her heart rate started going down. And she looked like she was passing out. And it's one of those moments you're looking like, you know, what's, what's going on? And, you know, a nurse comes in, one, two, three. They're looking at you saying, you know, hey, how's it going with a big smile? Like, like, nothing's wrong. And all of a sudden, you have a whole room full of people just working on your wife saying, you know, her heart rate's dropping. And then you hear a nurse say, I can't hear the baby's heart rate. The baby's heart rate's dropping. We got to go now. And within seconds, they're gone. Everyone's left the room. And I'm just standing there like, what? What the hell is going on? Like, I thought your first kid was supposed to be this fairy tale magical moment where you're standing next to your wife, holding her hand, baby comes out. And if you're lucky to have some family there, you know, a mom or something, they're there to enjoy it. That wasn't the case for us. In-laws weren't there. Give them the heads up. They weren't there. I was talking to my aunt more, but I didn't feel like I was on those terms yeah right i wouldn't say on those terms but i just didn't want to bother her like hey can you come help me or something something like that so it kind of felt like we were just by ourselves and then for this to happen was it was numbing so they took my wife obviously they're gonna get her emergency c-section and the nurse comes back says oh my god i'm sorry we forgot about you 
So she said, they're taking her right now. They're prepping her. And by the time we go, they should already be operated on her. And I'm just still, what? So I got dressed, took me in the room. My wife's completely out of it. And she started saying that she's real cold. And obviously we watch a lot of movies. And I couldn't have to think in point break when one of the guy, one of the bank robbers was saying he was real cold. Right when they were about to jump out of a plane, they put a blanket on him. And when he lands, he's, he's dead. You know, so shit like that, you couldn't help not to think of. And then she was started saying that she was tired. She was going to go to sleep. I'm like, no, like keep your eyes away. They gave her some heavy anesthesia. So how that worked with what was going on with the epidural, I, I, I honestly could say I don't know. Within seconds of me being there, maybe a good minute, I hear the doctor say he's out. And I'm not looking. And I wait to hear her cry. And then one of the nurses says, you want to come look at him real quick? And there he was, little Maximus, looking like a little monkey, monkey alien kid, uh, breathing, crying. It was good. So I, I said, you know what? The kid's good. I got to go back to my wife and see how she's doing. I wasn't kind of like prioritizing either one of them at that moment. It was kind of my thought process was, well, he's new. They got to clean him real quick. He's going to be fine. They're going to have two or three nurses on hand with him right now. I got to go to my wife and make sure she's okay. Cause if these are the last moments with her. I got to be with her. You know, something like that. So they walk, they finished up, they sewed her up, they counted all the, the tools and that's it. My wife was good. And Max was preemie about a good month. Not really too much, but he was small. He fit between my big hand and my elbow. Uh, I guess it's not small, but when you're looking at the grand scheme of things, it's like he's there. Put it this way, though, we had to buy preemie clothes for him and they fit him. So, and that's why I say, you know, Max is a little special to us because, well, there's a certain point in our time that we almost lost both of them. And it's scary. But second kid came around, same thoughts, same fears. And fortunately, my wife gave birth to my daughter naturally. As a matter of fact, within 15 minutes of, you know, the, the whole push procedure and everything, she was out. My wife didn't scream. She didn't grab my hand. And it kind of it kind of shocked me a little bit because, like I said, like I watch too many movies. And whenever I think of certain events, you think of the typical what happens when you see. So I thought my wife was going to start squeezing my hand to the point where she's going to break it. She was going to scream and all of this. And it was, <laughs> it was quite the opposite. So a little bit of a shock there. And the other part of this month being so special, it's actually a two-part. First part is... It's my wife's birthday, and she shares that birthday on another important holiday, which is Mexican Independence Day. The whole month of September is completely busy for us, but we wouldn't have it any other way, right? And this month is, I mean, we're going to do Max's week of activities. We're celebrating my wife's birthday, Universal Horror Nights. For Mexican Independence Day, I mean, we really don't celebrate or have a party or anything like that. I mean, once in a while... We have gone out and there's been occasions where we go to like certain festivities and depending on where you go, um, I know in LA, you know, Villar Street, they'll usually have like some kind of ceremonies with some Aztec dancers and it's just a celebration. So hopefully I want to start doing more of that stuff when, when my boy is a little bit older. So he understands and grasps the things a little bit more. I mean, right now he's five, so he could care less about certain things. <laughs> so there's time. But so far, these past three weeks have been... A little bit stressful, 
had a little bit of anxiety during uh, a lot of ups and downs. You know, first of all, you got the U.S. leaving Afghanistan. And I know to some, it may be not a big deal, or they could say, you know, who gives a fuck? Who cares? But it's a little bit stressful, especially with, I want to say stressful, but it's a little bit of an event in our lives, especially with the older kids who witnessed 9-11. I was in seventh grade. We were in school. First period. We actually we watched the plane hit one of the buildings. We watched the towers fall. The rest of the day, that's all we did. We watched. And it was kind of, it was very impactful. It was scary because at that point, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if they had recorded any events. Something was going to hit the East Coast. One of these was going to hit the West Coast. So we didn't know. As a matter of fact, the next day, I didn't even go to school because my grandma was so scared. I've had an uncle who was in the reserves, and he called her right away and said, I got word out that we may need to go and to wherever we're going to go. So brace yourself. So she stressed out. I stressed out. And he had a whole bunch of kids that this tragedy was... Not only was it televised, it was just kind of like etched in our minds. So from 9-11, we got the hunt to the war on terror. We invaded Iraq. Why we invaded Iraq? Because there was, quote unquote, weapons of mass destruction that were not even there. What did we find? We found a palace full of a bunch of gold shit from Saddam Hussein. And now with that, the war on terror, we were in Afghanistan fighting the Taliban, trying to hunt bin Laden down. And we were just there for 20 years. And it's labeled as America's longest war. And it's, it's something where it's like a catch-22. A lot of people didn't want us to be there in the first place. Second of all, we're leaving. A lot of people don't want us to leave because all the shit that we've kind of mixed up there. There was a fear that anybody who helped the U.S. during these past 20 years was going to be killed on site. They're going to be targeted and women's rights are going to be reverted. And as soon as the U.S. started announcing they're going to leave and we started hearing about the Taliban saying that women can't drive no more. And if a woman wants to be outside, she has to be chaperoned by a man, you know, scummy shit like that. And now everyone's giving shit about Biden, how we mishandled it. We had a suicide bombing for ISIS that supposedly ISIS claimed it. So it's a big shit show. What do I think? I, I always thought that we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be in that region at all. But there had to have been a better executed exit plan. And when they couldn't get hold of Biden because he was on vacation, it was, it was kind of like, damn, dude, like, you have so many Trump people talking so much shit. You're just giving them more ammo to pretty much vote your ass out in a couple of years. And this is only the first year. And it's still crazy to think because the familiarity of Biden, it feels like he's been here a lot much longer just because we've seen him a lot with, you know, Obama and everything. They were best buds and they did the little quips and, you know, fun photo shoots and everything. not a photo shoots, but you know what I mean? There was a lot of photo ops and they got passed around and everything like that. So it feels like he's been in office a lot much longer, but it's only been seven, eight months. <laughs> and this is all that's happened. So we got that. We got COVID, which that's just never going to go away, but we got COVID going on. We got, more kids getting affected now with the new variant. The other day, a kid from Riverside died, which is kind of scary. He was a four-year-old kid, no priors. And when I mean priors, I'm not talking about like he was a thug in the street getting arrested for felonies or, you know, stealing cars. I'm talking about, you know, health-wise. As far as I knew, he was claimed ill health and passed away. 
And now that the schools are opened up in LA, I, it's funny. I haven't heard anything about Orange County. I don't know if they're a reporter. They just don't care. But a lot of reports in LA County is there's a lot more kids getting it, staff. There's classes being quarantined. So how long till they actually close school down again? I have no idea. I hate to say it. I really do hate to say it, but I feel like nothing's going to be taken more seriously until more things happen to kids. I mean, I don't want to say that they die and that's horrible and that should never be thought of, but you know, what is it going to take at this point to start taking this virus more seriously? And yes, there's this whole rhetoric of conspiracy theories and not trusting the vaccine and hasn't been there that long and China and Biden, it's a political throw. Throwing all that shit aside, stripping it down to the bare fact that it's a virus. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't want my lungs to be filled with little embolisms and be on a ventilator till I die or something like that. Percentages is low for that, but still, chance to get it, spread it, pass it around, I'll pass. And yeah, people say that it's a flu, but one of the arguments is, you know, where's the flu now? They say it's just another flu. Well, with proper distance, face coverings, people being sick, they still wearing face coverings. We've kind of almost eradicated the flu. You don't hear about any flu numbers. The only thing you did hear about the flu was that it was triggering some positive tests during the COVID time. So you want to throw that to the conspiracy? Go for it, but it's more fact than anything. You have all that going on. And started off, we started homeschooling my son. And that was particularly stressful in my hands because we've talked about homeschool before. I actually, I talked about it. I brought it up. My wife wasn't on the same page. Her only argument, which anybody's argument is my kid being social, having interaction with other kids. That's it. That's not, I'm not scared of their learning enough. I'm not scared of, I'm capable of teaching them. It's, well, I don't want my kids to be weird and awkward and not be cool around other kids. And the more and more I kept researching it, I found out there's much more outlets when you're homeschooled, there's play dates, there's co-ops, there's enough for your kid to actually socialize with other kids, develop friends, there's field trip days, there's there's everything. So that kind of argument, that kind of stigma for homeschool has really meant nothing right now to me at this point because there's so much more outlets. So fortunately, during COVID, during all this shit, we said, well, my wife finally got on board and said, you know what, let's do it. And last year was supposed to be like his preschool TK year. But since my son's birthday is off by a day for the requirements for certain levels, like my cousin's daughter, she was born in March. She's in kinder. But because my son and my other cousin's son was born after the the September 1st date, they're considered pre-K. So fortunately for me, for us, actually, this past year, we started teaching our son and our daughter about the basics that you would learn in preschool. So right now, Max, some of the stuff that he's learning, he actually knows a lot of it. And prior to this, we we're teaching him how to read. So he's starting to get the grasp of that. And now his vocabulary is opening up more. He's being more open about talking and processing things and reverting back things to you, reverting, uh, saying things back to you. I'm not going to lie. The first week of it was stressful. First day went cool. But the second day we struggled or I struggled with him because he was kind of fighting it. He was squirming. He wanted to get out. Moment was kind of like, well, am I doing the wrong thing or did I fuck up? And no, it's just something new. You got to work through it, perfect it. And second week has been a lot better. So second week went really good. We started playing more games. 
We started doing more printouts, working on the computer more, and really taking the learning to where it's fun for him, where he's actually learning, learning. Like this week, now he's all stuck up on syllables. So he likes saying different words and reciting how many syllables in each word, which I know for us when you're in school, that's kind of like whatever. But when you see your kid and you're trying to teach him and he's actually learning and showing that he's learning, it makes you feel good inside. And that's one of the things that why I wanted to do homeschool personally, because I wanted to take my kid's education in my hand and make sure that he or she or they learn. I know I wasn't talking about some gender appropriate term. I was talking about, you know, my son, my daughter or them in total, because first it was my son. And now my daughter's going to go the same route. So the both of them. And we're going to do this until at least he's in fifth grade. And then we'll go from there. Maybe throw him in public school. But COVID's actually taught us anything about the school system is that not so many parents are fixated about the proper education. Making sure their child learns. But if they need anything, there's help to get. Now, let's face it. A lot of kids get left behind. A lot of kids are stuck wanting to learn some stuff. But because they're the kids, they're afraid of raising their hand and saying, I don't know, I need help. They're scared of saying a certain word wrong without being made fun of. So that wandering, that questioning kind of gets put on hold and they just, they get passed through. And let's face it too, school sizes, class sizes is pretty deep, pretty big. And if you have one teacher having to deal with 30 plus students, chances are, a couple of kids are going to get left behind or feel that certain way. So with that being said, I wanted to make sure that we have everything that my son is able to learn. If he's slow on some things or he needs a little extra help or he's a little bit behind, but that's a better term, then we're there to work with him. We're there to help him out, give him that little extra and make sure he understands. And this past year with COVID, it just really shined that a school is nothing more than a big daycare. Yeah, I said it. School is nothing more than a big daycare. Because I've seen all these parents protesting and wanted the kids to go back to school. They needed to go to school, but they didn't say why. Or their main thing was, well, I need to go to work and somebody has to watch my, I mean, teach my kids. So school needs to open. And to be quite honest, there's a good population of parents that they want their kids to go to school, get the proper education, and go through everything. And unfortunately, the other part, the world we live in, it leads to a lot of parents having to work one or two jobs, having to get the jobs in the morning to make it just enough for the kids in the afternoon, feed them, and hopefully they don't have to work another job at night. So in fact, they do need their kids to be summer. And school, you got a good, what, eight, seven, eight hours? Because there's school in the morning from, what, eight o'clock? I don't know if kids go to school at eight o'clock anymore, but they'll just say eight o'clock to about two, three o'clock. And plus the parents really need it. There's after school programs that at least eats up an hour or two. And you know, that's, that's the parents way to work, provide. And unfortunately our system and our country is not set up to that. We can live on one salary. You are, if you're lucky. So there's not enough time for, you know, both parents to be at home with the kids teach them you know everyone got spills we everyone got spills they got to pay they got rent they got mortgages so it's understandable but that argument was really thrown out there you know people need to go back to work but what's gonna happen with their kids they're learning at home i can't have my kid learning at home because i need to go back to work so 
I think of it as a big daycare. Others don't. You may agree with me. You may not. But it's been going good. It's fun. I know the boys loving it so far. And I mean, my girl too, she's sitting down right next to us learning, soaking everything up. So everything that he's learning, she's picking up right after him. So it's exciting. It's good. Like I said, it was stressful. But now that I'm planning out, now that I'm planning out the future weeks, I get a better grasp of what, what to do because I wanted to homeschool, but there was a certain point where I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to teach. And we entered a charter school, which is, yeah, technically a quote unquote public school, but you get to do everything on your own. And I'll go more into that other episode. And the reason why I joined the charter school was just to kind of get a good foundation and a good path into how and where I should teach. And so far, everything's been good. Like I said, I think the mainly the anxiety that I had, the stress that I had was just me coming down on myself. Because let's face it, sometimes I do talk like an idiot and I mispronounce a bunch of words. And that was one of the fears I had, like, maybe I'm too stupid to teach my son. You know, you get you get in your head. But uh, reality is you just got to be confident. You just got to go with it. You got to do it. As much as the kid has fun, you got to have fun with it, too. So that's been my, my pre-September. I'm recording this. And I know tomorrow's going to be a start to a busy month. But, you know, it's something that I wouldn't pass up. And this episode is more like a, I don't even know what to call this episode. It wasn't like a rant. It was just a straight talk. Probably just get some stuff out of my chest. But the world is crazy right now. Please think for yourselves. Think, to, think with some kind of logic. Uh, think with compassion. And if people say shit that doesn't go along with what you believe, guess what? Those words aren't going to hurt you. Just brush them off. Because I know people can get in discussion so much with this vaccine. and pros and cons, the the conspiracies, the truth. You know, Trump was supposed to come in office in August again, but obviously that didn't happen. So much different shit like that. Don't let it worry you. Uh, sometimes you get too infatuated with the news and it just overtakes our lives and makes us scared. But just do you, be yourself, love your family, your friends. And I'm sure everything you say, everything you do, once it's led with good reasons, it'll come back, it'll come back to you. You know, don't let negativity bring you down. So thanks again for listening for another week and until next time.